1: This episode of Grassroots Marketing on CannabisRadio.com is brought to you in part by attack. Children are our future, and we aim to protect them by advocating for responsible use. Check out R-E-S-P-O-N-S-I-T-E-C-H dot com to learn more. CannabisRadio.com presents Grassroots Marketing on Location, featuring exclusive one-on-one interviews with those impacting and evolving the cannabis industry, we now take you on location to the 2018 NCIA Cannabis Business Summit in San Jose, California. And a hearty hello everyone, this is Brasco with CannabisRadio.com, on location from the 2018 NCIA Cannabis Business Summit in San Jose, California. I'm joined by Tim Morse, who's going to talk to us about fire protection. Now, not to be confused with Fire Marshal Bob or anything like that. Fire Marshal Bill, right? Tim Morris is the account manager, senior account manager for Battalion 1 Fire Protection. Tim, thanks for being us here on Cannabis Radio. Well thank you very much. I appreciate it. So fire protection, you know what? I'm surprised this has not been talked about more because of all the dispensaries and I mean if there is a chance with with all, with all any indoor lighting that you have or any indoor grows. The potential of a fire hazard. So, you know, is that something that's very common? What made you decide to go ahead and come into the set, into the space, and say this is a, this is something that needs to be addressed? Well, that's a really, really good question, Brad. Um,
2: uh, as you might know, two days ago there was a fire just just around the Monterey area that had to do with a grow a grow facility. Um, to be quite honest with you, uh, my boss said, "Hey, there's an industry." There's money there. Go get it. And it makes sense. For me personally, I'm really super excited because I actually have always been a big giant uh, proponent of cannabis and user. Um, End of the day, everybody needs fire protection. Every building, every facility needs some form of fire life safety. And it's quite fascinating. In, In fact, it's a fascinating industry. But um, the way that it applies specifically to the cannabis industry is just a whole other
1: wrinkle. So, if you were to work with a, with a dispensary or and you know work with anybody that's working with plants, in this case, um, I mean, what kind of measure, what kind of uh, measures do you do to help protect a grow space?
2: Well, good question. So, our focus is always going to be first and foremost about fire life safety, meaning the lives of workers in that facility. Um, Secondly, about the building itself. Well, actually I should say, I should put that another way. Secondly, about the first responders, because we also have to consider ourselves, uh, consider the safety of the firemen that come to respond. Um, And thirdly about the building and the assets involved.
1: So that's where it gets very interesting and unique. I want to talk about the assets because of the structures of all the grow spaces in the first place. When you see every set with plants, then the lighting, you know, normally you would have some kind of uh, irrigation system that would go ahead and execute if there was a fire alarm that went triggered. But that would not help to protect in this space. You would actually be hitting electrical equipment, which could cause further damage.
2: True enough, true enough. And that's why sometimes you have to get a little bit specific about an application. And there are some new technologies out there that lend to that, pre-action systems and things like that, where, in fact, in a, in a typical scenario, when we're talking about an office space or warehouse, sprinklers are in vogue, they're pretty standard. Um, but anymore, in the cannabis world, when you're talking about extraction, when you're talking about, you know, plants that are worth a whole lot of money, we don't necessarily want to drown them. At the same time, a sprinkler, unlike most what, what most people expect, a sprinkler system, only one of those sprinklers activates at a time. So it's not such a bad idea to drown a few plants in the process of protecting the rest of your facility
1: now what about the fact that you have extinguishers with a lot of chemicals in it is there something that you can offer where if there is a need of a quick extinguish is there something that's very organic very natural that will not harm the flower or the plant
2: well, well you're a good interviewer and that, that's a really good intuitive question um, in fact not very long ago they started to outlaw chemicals of various types halon and things like that because they can't be consumed by by human lungs Um, hey, plants breathe CO, right? Or or carbon dioxide, right? So technically speaking, carbon dioxide could actually be a great solution. But in fact, in the works for quite a while have been green, quote unquote, or eco-friendly chemicals that um, that you and I could breathe and walk out alive and they could actually be perfectly safe for the plants. That said, there are other chemicals that would pretty much destroy your product because they're even though they wouldn't destroy the room or they wouldn't necessarily be harmful to us, they'd put this ugly dust all over them or something like that. So there's various methods and you have to be application specific at the end of the day.
1: So for anybody that has a dispensary and they're thinking about the fact that, well, why do I need to worry about so much about fire protection if I just have a smoke alarm, smoke detector, an extinguisher on site and just do with that, and if I get passed through fire inspection, what else does it matter? What codes, ordinances, what things do you talk about above and beyond that they should be concerned about? Um, well, to be quite honest with you,
2: our, our industry and my company uh, especially, I would say, is really about, let, let's face it, we're a paranoia-based industry. Um, there's a, a very, very slight chance that your building catches fire. Um, So we all have to be vigilant and paranoid at the same time. But I'm not about to try to spread that fear, right? I'm not trying to say that it could happen any minute, because typically it does not. So we have to be looking out for the worst case scenario. That said, we're always going to be looking to provide what the minimum is that code requires. Whether it's about your particular city, your particular county, quote-unquote AHJ, authority having jurisdiction, or whether it's what the code book tells us, we're not going to want to go above and beyond that until you start saying there's a reasoning behind that. What might your reasoning be? Well, in the case of let's say you have uh, an extraction business and you have some super expensive, beautiful, I've seen some equipment at this show that's just unbelievable. It's amazing. Um, and you spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on this equipment, sticking it in a sprinkled a sprinkled building where that's the only fire protection available, isn't necessarily the best way to go about things. Because once those sprinklers start activating, and you're not there, could be you'll come into a flooded a flooded space with some damaged equipment, and that's, and that the price tag to, and the the amount the the amount of business downtime after the fact is really kind of imposing at that point. So there's going to be times when we'll suggest or even recommend going above and beyond code. But for the most part, you you move into that building and and the f- local fire inspector says, you're up, you're good to go, start doing business. I'm not going to raise the red flag, that's for sure. I want right. you
1: to be doing your business. All right, last question for Tim Moore with Battalion 1 Fire Protection. What I want to ask is, when it comes to outdoor grows, and especially, say, in California or you know the Pacific Northwest, in the areas where drought conditions might happen. I mean, is there anything that you do where when those kind of conditions are in play and you're concerned about the safety of those around those grow sites and the growers themselves, is there anything that you do necessarily to help in that respect when that comes to be an emergency situation? That is a really, really good question and a really big, big topic. It does happen. I mean, unfortunately, it's common. Not right now, but it does become common year to year. I see that. It's unfortunately, whether it's global warming, whether you believe
2: that or not, you can look in the paper every single day across the world. It was in Greece just the other day when when, um, vegetation is going up. Um, I'd put to you that it's probably not the... The plants that we like that are going up in flames, but it's the vegetation surrounding them. Weed abatement is big and important. Um, you know, being in a field with uh, uh, a lot of green plants and a whole lot of brown surrounding them, you can do the math and yeah, the common sense English. is pretty obvious. But quite honestly, if you're in certain areas like North County, California, last year, Unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of fire protection that can possibly be provided. So it's really scout out the area, know where you're growing, um, do your best in the surrounding areas. Hey, you know, there's a lot of common sense stuff. You could dig a 20-foot 20, a 20 pit between here and the nearest pine tree, and that would create a, a, a fire barrier. But I'm not one to be able to, I'm not a wildlife or, or, or forest fire expert.
1: But those are, those are really good questions to have and, and ask yourself. So we've brought this awareness about on this interview. So this should compel you to say, okay, Tim, how do we reach you? How can we learn more?
2: Our website is battalion one And you need to learn to spell battalion first. It's <laughs> got two T's. One is spelled out, it's not just the number, and fire. So it's pretty basic. You can Google us, Battalion 1 Fire. We've got experts in all realms of fire protection from the suppression and extinguisher side, sprinkler, alarm side, et cetera. So we will be glad to consult folks with uh, what they have going on. If they are in Northern California, we will uh, most definitely be willing to provide the services that you need.
1: Well, Tim Morris, Battalion 1 Fire Protection, thank you so much for joining us here at the Cannabis Business Summit. Give me some great information. Thank you for being on Cannabis Radio. Join us in Anaheim, California, this October 22nd and 23rd at NCIA and CCIA's California Cannabis Business Conference. With 60,000 square feet of expo floor, over 3,000 cannabis business leaders, and over 100 thought leaders and policymakers, the California Cannabis Business Conference is the place to learn how to navigate the world's largest adult use market. Register today at www.CaliforniaCannabisBusinessConference.com. Thank you for listening to this edition of Grassroots Marketing. On location, only on CannabisRadio.com.